Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. Time for the farm show here at the Shank of the Day on Wax 104.5. As Jill and Krista and myself, Bob Bosold, bring you the news in agriculture around the area, around Wisconsin, around the nation, and around the world as part of the Midwest Farm Report family. We've got markets, 13 first alert weather. We'll look at all kinds of calendar items and what's going on in the world of agriculture. Again, it's time for the farm show on Wax 104.5. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And a happy birthday to all of our Marine Corps friends. Today is the Marine Corps birthday, and tomorrow will be Veterans Day, so a couple of very important days today and tomorrow. And Mother Nature should cooperate weather-wise and give us uh, pretty good weather. Little cool today, but uh, after that, it's going to warm up nicely. Lots of things to get to today. We'll talk to more FFA students. We'll uh, hopefully hear from. We got. I mean, it's another day. We got ten pounds in a five pound bag. Brent's going to be here. Talk about uh, putting ten pounds in a five pound bag. <laughs> <laughs> Bob and Jill with you on a Friday morning. Brent's on his way, or should be very very soon. Coming over from Glenwood City. We're also uh, going to talk to uh, hopefully hear some of the comments Kevin Krenz, State Farm Bureau President, made the other day when Michael Regan, the Administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency, was here. So hopefully we'll hear that. Also a local guy that's done very well, Ryan Prawley, who of course came from uh, Sells Prawley Farm over in the Humbert area, now a professor at the UW Platteville in Dairy Science. He was a presenter at the Dairy Summit, and our Pam Yonke caught up with him. And so we'll hear from Ryan Prawley a little bit later on this morning. Plus, a uh, pretty prolific bull. I want to do that first right away. <laughs> I got a kick out of this. Jill, of course, in the beef industry, she's got her own cattle out there. But the Angus uh, Association, they had their Angus Convention here a week or so ago down in Orlando. And uh, on Sunday, they recognized, I don't know if they put them in the Hall of Fame, or recognized all these bulls that have the most progeny now in the Angus Herd Book. And, you know, it's always funny. The first thing I, well, I thought about this, all these guys, they'll see me and they'll see me out. They say, well, how's the farm report doing? All the markets, the cows are jump, or the cows are up, the hogs are down, and the bulls are jumping. Well, here, some bulls that did some jumping. <laughs> the, the bull that was put in that has the most progeny, Deer Valley Growth Fund is the name of the bull, owned by Deer Valley Farm in Fayetteville, Tennessee, an Angus farm. How many calves do you think he has registered in the Angus herd book for fiscal, through fiscal 2023? 
What well, would be a big number for you? Like 5,000. 5,006 calves. Uh, there's a bull that did some jumping. He did. And you know, that only has the registered ones. So. Yeah, well, that's true. How He's many not, other ones yeah, are there? How many other ones does he have? Second wasn't bad either. This is from out in Kansas, a bull from out in Kansas. 4,137 calves. Third place, Sits Resilient, Bar J.V. Angus Ranch, Fairview, Montana, 3,234 calves. That's a lot of Angus. That's a lot of progeny that's related, <laughs> if you ask me. Makes me jealous. <laughs> <laughs> of course oh, it does. Oh, boy, on a Friday morning. Anything can happen on a Friday morning. Lots more to do, too. we got the rainfall report card. Kenny Mahulk up in Gilman turned in his rainfall report card. He must have stuck it in the slot of the station, and I didn't see him when he came. But for the whole year, from April through October, Ken had 23.6 inches of total precipitation, and I would imagine some of that was snow that we had uh, towards the end of October. For October, he had 5 inches, but for the total month, 23.6 inches. So, uh, again, thanks to Kenny for that. Oh, we also got uh, another entry into our Mount Rushmore Hall of Fame of Country Music. And don't think we're done with this yet. Keep sending. Think about it. The four faces on Mount Rushmore of Country Music. You can only have four. Who do you think are the most important four people in country music, I mean, I haven't seen anybody with Tex Ritter yet, and I thought he would. And I'm the only one with a good taste to have Faith Hill. So, so you know, there are, there are no wrong answers, but there's one right one in that Faith. But anyway, Jason uh, Jason Young sends his, and he says that Garth Brooks, George Strait, Reba McIntyre, and Shania Twain. Four very good choices. Very good choices. Yeah, but no, no Faith. So... Uh, you struck out, big boy. <laughs> All right, we've got, uh, where we go? Let's do a, an a FFA program with some more of our young people that were down in Indianapolis, courtesy of uh, Ag Country Farm Credit Service, Compere Financial, and also the folks at the Citizen State Bank in Loyal. Who we got now? We're going to head to New Auburn and hear from Kyra North and Sophia Martinson. All right, just a couple of the many, many young people from our area that were in Indianapolis here a week or so ago. Talking to some locals that qualified to compete in the National Agri-Science Fair here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And from the New Auburn FFA, I've got Sophia Martinson and Kyra North. First off, Sophia, what division are you in and what's the name of your project? We are in the Environmental Sciences and Natural Resource Systems Division 4. And the name of our project is a new splash on microplastic removal. And you don't just to get to come down here with an idea. What are some of those steps you have to, or hoops you have to jump through in order to make it down to nationals? We first had to decide on our project and everything that goes with that, and then conduct all of our research and write our paper and application and then apply to state. And once you get to state and you compete, if you get first place, you get to move on to nationals and come compete down here. And what was the most motivation for doing this project it was really just kind of like a hey you want to do a project together see who's like yeah and we were just kind of thinking about stuff and we're like microplastics well now we're going to hear from kyra and she's going to tell me more about the projects first of all let's have that name of the project again our project was a new splash on microplastic removal and what's it all about 
We um, started our testing uh, with cutting up 5mm by 5mm microplastics and put those in an aquarium. And then we built our manual uh, removal system and our automated manual or our automated removal system. What did these systems tell you? Our manual removal system removed an overall grand average of 2.3 microplastics compared to the automated removal system, which removed an overall grand average of 17.43 microplastics. And these experiments, how can we relate them back to Oh, the general public or the community. Uh, This is just showing that what we can do, even in a small area like New Auburn, on how we can uh, try to prevent microplastics getting into our oceans and removing them from them, just starting here in the Great uh, Great Lakes. Well, sometimes we talk about data collection, and we use a lot of the paperwork, but you guys were hands-on. So you did these collections, but... Really, how does that work? Were you right out there scooping? Uh, Yeah, we were scooping from right out of our tank with our manual removal system. And then for our automated one, we would just uh, pick them out of our strainer system. And that was Sophia Martinson and Kyra North from the New Auburn FFA. And again, good kids doing good things at the FFA convention. You kind of were having fun down there, weren't you? I was having a lot of fun down there. Yeah, it's good to hang, you know, to be around those kind of kids because kind of the things you see in the news all the time, they never highlight good kids doing good things in the news. Right, and they're giving back to the community. That's what I like the best about it. A lot of these relate to what can happen in the local community. Yeah, good good projects, that's for sure. So congratulations to all those young people. And again, thanks to Citizen State Bank and Loyal Compere Financial and Ag Country Farm Credit Services for uh, sponsoring our FFA programs with Jill down in Kansas. No, I was going to say Kansas City. That's where that's where we were a long time ago. That's been a long time past in Indianapolis. Thirteen first alert weather. Not a bad forecast today. It would be well. The last well tomorrow's going to be cool, but uh, won't get to forty probably today in our area. Down south it will, but about thirty nine for the Eau Claire area, mostly cloudy, and the winds will be a lot lighter though. Those winds are dying down, and that's a good thing. Twenty nine overnight, forty three tomorrow, and partly cloudy. Fifties on Saturday and Sunday. Sixties it looks like on Tuesday and Wednesday with partly cloudy to mostly sunny days. So fifty five on Sunday, fifty four on Monday, sixty on Tuesday. Wednesday at 62, I think a lot of corn that folks thought was going to still be standing during deer season is going to be coming off. So that's a good thing. So again, if you're out driving around, whether you're going to a Veterans Day celebration tomorrow or whatever, you're out in the country, be careful, be alert, and uh, be courteous with farm equipment because the farmers don't want to be on the road any longer than they have to with their combines and Grain carts and semis and everything else, but uh, they got to get it off and they got to get it to storage. So uh, be very careful and be very courteous, won't you? 36 degrees right now. Friday morning at Wax, leading into some awfully good weather. Got football to go to or whatever you want to do. If you harvesting, that's going to be on the mind of a lot of people. We only had uh, about half the corn off as of the end of last Sunday, but. I bet that number jumps significantly in the next week, and uh, boy, it's going to be good weather to do it, too. Hey, it's 5 o'clock, actually, a minute or two after. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Some news this morning. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. 
President Biden is taking credit for some of this week's Democratic election victories. At a fundraiser Thursday night in Chicago, Biden said people are winning elections over and over with what he called the Biden-Harris agenda. He said Kentucky's Democratic governor, Andy Bashir was re-elected after running on programs the president said were all Biden initiatives. He also pointed to Ohio, where voters passed a ballot initiative making abortion rights part of the state constitution. The election of Philadelphia's first black female mayor and Virginia Democrats taking control of the legislature. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says Israel is not looking to rule Gaza after the end of the current conflict between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. We don't seek to conquer Gaza. We don't seek to occupy Gaza and we don't seek to govern Gaza. In a Fox News interview that aired Thursday, Netanyahu said that Israel will have to find a civilian government that will be there. The comments come after he told ABC News Monday he believes Israel will have the overall security responsibility for an indefinite period. A cyber attack has forced the world's largest bank to trade using a flash drive. The New York office of the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China was hit with a ransomware attack on Thursday, making it unable to clear U.S. Treasury trades. The bank had to use messengers carrying USB drives to complete its trades. An independent commission will investigate the mass shooting last month in Maine that left 18 dead and 13 wounded. Officials announced Thursday that a seven-member commission will look into all aspects of the shooting, including how the gunman was able to carry out the attack despite showing obvious mental health warning signs. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, a good weekend and a good uh, new week coming up for whatever you got going on. Now, today kind of cool, 39, but the good thing about it, the winds are going to be dying down. They won't go completely away, but it won't be like the last couple of days. It was nasty out there with that wind. Mostly cloudy today, about 39 the high around here. Farther south, it'll be in the 40s. Tonight, 29.43 for Saturday, partly cloudy. 50s on Sunday and Monday, which is really nice. Monday should be a beautiful day. 54 and full sunshine. Going to get better, though, even though we're in November. Tuesday and Wednesday, low 60s and partly cloudy. I think the the boys from down south and the girls from down south that are going to be coming this way, going deer hunting, leave the snowmobiles at home. You're not going to have much use for them because there is no snow in this forecast for a while. But again, 39 today, 62 on Wednesday. It's 34 in Rice Lake and Medford or Marshfield this morning. Medford's at 32, 39 on La Crosse, 33 at Green Bay, a chilly 37 Madison Sun Prairie. Hope it warms up tomorrow for that Badger game. And a 44 in Milwaukee, but it's again 36 right now here in Eau Claire. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Eight minutes after five on a Friday morning at Wax. Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us the markets. And Jill, where the livestock trade been this year, this week rather? <laughs> Choice fed beef steers are 174 to 184 with mixed steers at 173 and down. Choice fed beef heifers are 173 to 183 with mixed heifers at 114 to 172. Finished dairy cross steers and heifers are 135 to 179. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 154 to 167, with select and silage-fed steers 156 and down. Cows are 74 to 94, with a top of 125, with bulls at 90 to 110. 
Butcher hogs are 45 to 90. Sows are 36 to 56 with boars at 34 and down. There's no quote from the market lambs, but feeder lambs are 35 to 220. Ewes are 55 to 115. Small goats are 10 to $155. Medium goats are 25 to 235. Large goats are 120 to 600. And nanny goats are 50 to $280. All right. You can book some uh, losses in the livestock future as far as cattle. Big drops yesterday, both live cattle and feeder cattle. December live cattle. Down five oh five at the close, one seventy four thirty five. February down five bucks at one seventy four forty seven. April down four sixty seven at one seventy six ninety five. And June down four fifty seven at one seventy two oh five. That's nothing compared to the feeder cattle drops. We had uh, November feeders at two hundred twenty nine dollars even, down five fifty five. January feeder cattle two twenty four ninety two, down seven eighty five. March down seven seventy five at two twenty seven twenty five, April at two thirty eighty down seven eighty seven, May down seven sixty at two hundred thirty four dollars thirty five cents a hundred. Some big drops. Lean hogs were mixed. December down a nickel at seventy one forty five. February up thirty five at seventy five twenty. April up thirty five at eighty seventy two. May eighty six fifteen. That was down a nickel. Over on the Board of Trade, it was down yesterday with that USDA report. We'll look at those numbers here in just a little while. As uh, we see overnight, uh, after down yesterday, overnight, December corn unchanged, but a drop during the day, pretty good drop, sitting at 468 a bushel. March corn down a fraction at 482. The oats up a penny at 334. December wheat down 1 to 2 at 579. January soybeans down two cents, sitting at 1341 this morning. January soybean meal down 220 a ton at $434 even. Cheese prices a little higher yesterday. Barrels up three at 165. The blocks up one at 164. So that relationship a little inverted, uh, the traditional relationship between barrels and blocks. But uh, again, modern day, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Butter is what uh, really catches your attention. Butter closed yesterday at 270 a pound. That's down nine and three quarters. That's 30 cent drop for the week. And 60 cent drop from a week ago. So big drop. Should be some butter specials coming up. Evidently, everybody's uh, laid in all their baking supply butter for Thanksgiving and the holidays. So butter prices going down. So did class three prices yesterday. November down three at 1712. December down nine at 1704. January down seven at 1715. February down three at 1751. March down eight at 1791. We're going to hear from a uh, state farm organization leader. He was at uh, Hunsinger Farms the other day when Administrator Michael Regan from the EPA was there. Kevin Krenz, who is the president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, gave testimony. They were each given about uh, three, four minutes to uh, talk about what EPA means and what they'd like to see with EPA. We'll hear what Kevin Krenz had to say in just a moment. But if you haven't got your deer hunting supplies all put together yet, here's a good place. Moe's Hardware, Hank, and Sporting Goods down there in Black River Falls. Man, oh man, it's a hardware store, but boy, have they got a hunting section. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, you can find Moe's Hardware, Hank, down there in Sporting Goods just below the Catholic Church there, the same side of the road uh, down there in the main drag. In Black River Falls, as I said, lots of good things for the hunting season. Lots of choices. Well, as we said, lots of organizations represented 
to speak, make presentations before Michael Regan, the administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency, Kevin Krenz, president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, one of those. Let's hear what he had to say to the administrator. First off, I just want to say how great it is to, to have the youth at, at this discussion because when you're talking about sustainability, when you're talking about investment in the future, the future is right here, whether it be on our farms or whether it be in our communities. So um, thank you for being a part of this. Administrator Regan, thank you for, for taking some time to come here to visit Wisconsin, visit some of the success stories that we have in, in Wisconsin, whether it be a, an individual farm or, or whether it be a, a number of things that we have going on in Wisconsin from the uh, uh, water trading, water quality trading program that we have in Wisconsin, uh, or whether it be the producer-led watershed groups that we have in Wisconsin. It's a huge success story, um, but a common theme amongst those groups is voluntary and flexibility, and that's extremely important. They are really leading uh, development of some of the best management practices uh, across our diverse state. Uh, and it's important to have some of those groups all over the state. But it also, um, from what we hear from farmers, from what maybe some of those uh, groups have highlighted, there's some challenges also. Cover crops are, are a big part of some of those success stories of, of soil health and water health. But terminating those cover crops is extremely important at the right time. So we need a, a herbicide strategy that really gives farmers options uh, to terminate those crops on time moving forward. So another big challenge that we have in Wisconsin is PFAS. Uh, that was one thing that hasn't been mentioned today. The, the PFAS in Wisconsin, we simply need uh, funding for research uh, into the health risks and strategies to mitigate uh, some of those risks of PFAS. Farms across the state provide... Uh, the ability for municipalities to spread municipal sludge. And those PFAS are not produced on the farms, but farmers can carry a big risk uh, for that PFAS. So not holding farmers li liable for that PFAS is extremely important moving forward as well. Again, we, we simply need practical and science-based uh, strategies and solutions moving forward. Farmers want to be a, a major part of this, and you can see it across Wisconsin. Uh, the science is being built with the research, with farmers implementing things on the ground. Uh, it's extremely important, and, and we have a lot of success stories across Wisconsin. And that was Kevin Krenz, who is the current president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, at that hearing with Administrator Michael Regan from the EPA, and it was refreshing now because uh, the media could be in there, and that was uh, something different from the previous administration. I remember when Sonny Perdue, as our Agriculture Secretary under President Trump, came to our friend, the late Jim Holtz Farm, and the media was there, got all set up in the shed where he was going to be. They came in and said, all media out. Couldn't be there. And... I don't know what secrets they were going to be telling, but it's uh, they wouldn't let us in there. We're going to get a chance to ask questions. Well, maybe when he comes out and gets on the bus and heads out. So, you know, he got about a minute, and that was uh, not good. So I'm glad to see that uh, these people are making themselves available. And, uh, you know, it's we're just trying to tell the story of agriculture, what you're talking about, what the barn full of farmers were talking about at that time. But uh, couldn't be in there. The media couldn't be in there. So... Uh, I don't know, paranoia setting in. So it's good to see maybe a little bit of change that these elected officials are now deciding that, uh, yeah, there's a way to tell the story and let the media help us. So hopefully that, that does continue no matter where we go in the next election. 17 minutes after 5 o'clock, Jill, we got a crop report uh, yesterday. Give us some of the highlights. Well, um, yesterday they brought out 
<clears throat> excuse me, for corn, the report now calls for corn crop of 15.2 billion bushels on yields of 174.9 bushels an acre. That would be 170 million bushels more than were forecast last month. Taking into account resi- residual use for corn for feed, ethanol, and exports, ending stocks are now estimated at 2.2 billion bushels, and the season average price is now put at $4.85 a bushel. That's down a dime from last month. And moving on over into those soybeans, the estimates were down by, in the report by three-tenths of a bushel to 5122 dropping production by 23 million bushels to 4.425 billion. Economists also lowered expected soybean exports by 40 million bushels, down just over 2 billion, leaving ending stocks at 340 million bushels. That's up 20 million from October. And the corn production in Wisconsin is now put at 530 million bushels, down 15 million from last year. On yields are forecast... On how many? 15 million. 15, okay. I thought you said 50. (laughs) Oh, not that bad. (laughs) 15 million from last year as yields are forecast to average 171 bushels an acre. That's down nine from 2022. State farmers planted 4 million acres to corn this year. Soybean yields are put at 101 million bushels on yields, averaging 49 bushels an acre. Last year, the bean crop came in at 116 million bushels on yields of 54 bushels an acre. The report also shows state potato production at 29.8 million hundredweight, up 12% from last year on yields of 435 hundredweight per acre, all up from 2022. Lots of taters. So again, we shouldn't uh, run out of uh, one of our staple foods, potatoes. Uh, Good stuff. All right, and uh, coming up, as we said earlier, we've got a young man who's done good. Another young guy, the young kids doing good things. Ryan Prawley, now a professor down at the UW-Platteville Dairy Science, and he was at the Dairy Summit, and our Pam Yonke had a chance to talk to Ryan Prawley from Humbird. And we're going to hear from Ryan next, right here on Wax. It's 36 degrees. We're only going to get up to 39. The good thing, the wind's going to die down. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Next week, November 15th, it's the fourth annual Dairy Summit. This is an opportunity for stakeholders in Wisconsin's dairy industry and any interested consumer to find out more about research being done under the Dairy Innovation Hub. Now, that's where state monies have been invested to try to keep advancing Wisconsin's dairy industry. It's not about producing more milk. It's about adding more value to the milk we're already producing. And one of those that is involved in the Dairy Innovation Hub, Ryan Prawley. He is a faculty member on the UW-Platteville campus that is funded by Dairy Innovation Funds. I had a chance to visit with him because he is going to be one of the keynote speakers during the fourth annual Dairy Summit at Platteville. And he says it started with just a job listing. I found out about the hub uh, actually Sitting in my office, finishing off my dissertation at UW-Madison, I got an email for a call for the ruminant nutrition position here at Platteville. And as soon as I read it, like, uh, I, I just got, like, a, sh- a shiver. It was like fate. And I saw that it was an awesome opportunity to contribute to the state that I love and that I call home. And I knew that this would be an awesome position for growing a research program uh, so close to awesome collaborators and resources. 
Absolutely. How did it get started? What idea did it start inspiring in you? Give us a little path along the way on how you got here. Well, for me, it what really inspired me is I knew Platteville was investing in automated milking systems, and that is an area of farm management and uh, dairy nutrition that I got really excited about, and I am really excited about uh, because this technology space very well could be the future of dairy production and how we use this technology to individualize animal care but also uh, improve quality of life for dairy farmers. No, so you... I... Oh. Go, nope, go ahead. So, yeah, I, I started envisioning a program where I could center around answering questions on how we could use automated milking systems as a tool for better dairy cow management. Now, that technology is not necessarily something a lot of folks are familiar with here in the state of Wisconsin. Paint them a picture, Ryan. Uh, How much do you see robotic technology influencing Wisconsin's dairy today, and where do you see it going in the future? So for the automated milking systems, uh, some brands you might know are like the Laley Astronauts or the De La Valle systems. Uh, Those are uh, in place systems that are paired with a a pen of cows or possibly multiple pens of cows, and cows get to voluntarily come get milked um, as they see fit. And while they get milked, they get fed a little bit of feed in the form of a a concentrate, whether that's a a pellet or individual feedstuff. And that provides us a lot of opportunities to individualize uh, cow care and nutrition, and it also takes a lot of the labor stress in terms of milking shifts for farmers and uh, lets them shift their labor from uh, milking cows every day to other aspects of cow care and management. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's growing in popularity uh, in the United States, and it has been for a long time in Europe and Canada, and I see more and more people of dairies of all sizes adopting this technology because of its benefits. Boy, I hear you there, especially when it comes to our labor shortages. But there are also caveats people have to recognize milk robots uh, can't necessarily help them with. And that's kind of where you step out, is trying to help people understand some of the information generated by those robots, by that uh, automated equipment, and uh, what it should be telling dairy producers. Give us a little sense on some of the research that you've done on just the dairy analytics, how that's coming along, and some of the other work that the Dairy Innovation Hub is still helping you move forward on. Absolutely. So uh, some of our initial work has been looking at using uh, automated milking systems as a milking management or nutrition tool for early lactation cows and how intersecting um, letting cows be milked at certain frequencies, either higher intensity or lower intensity frequencies, paired with nutrition strategies, uh, impact their health, productivity, and uh, efficiency. And uh, some of the other hub-funded research that's exploratory that I'm collaborating with is from with some uh, colleagues in the computer science program, where we're looking at using this huge resource of data on individual cows, individual milkings, and robots to identify or 
key features in robot and cow milking efficiency so we can get as many cows and the right mixture of cows on a robot so we can get the most milk per robot, most milk per cow, and uh, the most efficient use of robot time possible. Yeah, if you're just joining us, this is Ryan Prawley. He's an assistant professor at UW-Platteville, and he is a faculty spot funded by the Dairy Innovation Hub. Ryan, let's talk a little bit more about where you see the support of the Dairy Innovation Fund helping to take researchers like you, faculty like you, and really Wisconsin as a whole forward. You're pretty optimistic that this has created an interesting synergy uh, between all researchers like you in the state. Absolutely. This uh, Innovation Hub has created tons of great collaborative uh, networks from UW-River Falls, Madison, and UW-Platteville. I'm actually really fortunate to be in a three-way collaboration with all institutions doing a, a research project here at Platteville uh, with a graduate student looking at uh, voluntary dry-off strategies and different step-down gradual dry-off strategies. But also, and what I think the crucial thing is with the Dairy Innovation Hub, is it's building a lot of research capacity at our institutions, all three of them. Just here at UW-Platteville, we're making significant investments in our uh, automated milking system, pairing that with a feed intake system so we can be uh, the largest North American uh, research institution with regard to AMS nutrition and management. Uh, we're investing in uh, rumen cannulated cows so we can do more research on feed uh, ingredient and uh, PMR, digestion kinetics, uh, fermentation chemistry, microbial populations, and we're investing in people. And people is key, not just the faculty, but also our research technicians that are uh, so valuable to executing all this research at our institutions and really paving a path forward for us long term to continue doing research. And again, Ryan Prawley, who is a Ph.D. in, uh, I don't know, something I don't understand. <laughs> it's a, but he's done really good work when he went to UW-Madison. He really was doing research as an undergrad that most graduate students were involved in. So he's uh, now cutting a wide swath in the dairy industry down at the UW-Platteville. And I uh, also saw on Facebook he and his wife are planning to have a baby. So again, making uh, the Prawleys grandparents scott and pam down there in humbird uh grandparents here pretty soon so uh good things going on with uh with the Prawley family and uh ryan will be a leader in the dairy industry for many many years almost five thirty in the morning and we have some news morgan's going to join us next here on wax the first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 5.30 in the morning. And on a Friday morning, we've got to catch up with what's going on around the area and other news. And uh, let's do that right now. Morgan McCarthy is here. Good morning, Morgan. What do you got for us? Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We start with headlines that put us in the Toma area. A man now heading to federal prison for pretending to be a disabled veteran. A judge yesterday sentenced 46-year-old Jonathan Walker for up to 15 months in prison for claiming to be a disabled veteran to land contracts with the Department of Defense for his heating and air conditioning business. 
That includes a pair of contracts at Fort McCoy with $2 million. As prosecutors say, Walker claimed to be a service-disabled veteran despite never serving in the military. A search continues in the northern part of our state for a man from another state. A Tennessee man has been missing for weeks, and the Douglas County Sheriff's Office is looking for 37-year-old Philip Johnson. Missing since the middle of October, and deputies fear he may be in the Rural River State Forest. Now, the Sheriff's Office says they did find Johnson's car abandoned not far from the park, which is near Lake Superior. Both of the Sheriff's Office and DNR have used dog teams to search the woods. Investigators asking anyone who may know anything to please say something. Continuing in the courts in Alaska, there are now charges for a man who police say was peeping in the bathroom of a local JCPenney. Deputies arrested Todd Erickson October 25th after getting a tip that someone was using a phone to record over a wall in a bathroom stall. Investigators saying they found similar video from area businesses. Erickson now facing two counts of invasion of privacy in La Crosse County. On the state level, it could be pen to paper as counting absentee ballots in Wisconsin elections could be more efficient under a bill passed by the state assembly. The bipartisan measure by Calumet County Republican Ron Tussler would allow counting of absentee ballots to begin the Monday before Election Day. In the past, that's held up some results in the state's bigger cities. The theory is, is that we should be able to get this done. And Milwaukee has told us they'll be able to get it done on Monday so that come Tuesday, the results are much faster and uh, um, we can all go to bed knowing the results of the election instead of being surprised the next morning. Governor Evers has indicated he'll sign what was one of numerous election-related bills passed in the Assembly yesterday. And it's more than just milk. It's big business. As farmers face increased costs and inflation, there are some benefits with agritourism. Many struggling farms may consider adding agritourism to their operation as it becomes increasingly popular. But Audrey Comerford with Oregon State University Extension explains there are some drawbacks. Loss of privacy is a big one. You must actually want people on your farm and to interact with the public in order to do agritourism. She says sometimes local governments can create obstacles. One of the big ones that comes up is land use laws, zoning and permitting, what these folks can and cannot do on farmlands based at a state and county level. But she says the benefits often include increased revenue and being able to charge more for your crops, improved community relations, and an opportunity to educate the next generation about agriculture. I'm Rebecca Hughes. And as we move back to some of that farm education with Bob Bolsold and Jill Welke this morning, a salute and sincere thank you to all of our veterans ahead of this Veterans Day weekend. From our local 715newsroom.com, I'm Morgan McCarthy, and now you head back to the barn with Bob, Jill, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Thank you, Morgan. And also, besides, as Morgan said, the uh, Veterans Day tomorrow, Marine Corps birthday is today. And it looks like the weekend is getting better. Combines getting gassed up. Semis getting gassed up. The grain carts are getting ready. It's going to be busy. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, Mike Dandry is off celebrating the Marine Corps birthday today. He's over at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, by the way, if you want to see them and chat with him about the weather, whether, whether you like it or not. That's where he is this morning. But, uh, again, our 13 first alert weather. He put the weather forecast for us together, and uh, this is what it looks like. Today, high of 39, mostly cloudy, but lighter winds, and that will be a good thing. These winds have been nasty. Tonight, down to 29, and tomorrow, still kind of cool, lower 40s, partly cloudy skies, and then, boy, oh, boy, It'll be uh, T-shirt weather by the end of the weekend and into the next week. 43 on Saturday, then 55 on Sunday, partly cloudy. Monday, gorgeous, full sun, it looks like, and 54 
And it's going to get better than that. Tuesday, 60, partly cloudy. Wednesday, 62, partly cloudy. Brent Wink has made it in here this morning uh, as a, a guy that's got how many acres you got left to harvest? I think maybe about 900. About 900. Yep. How will this kind of weather, because next weekend is, is deer hunting, and there's so many. All I heard from guys, whether it was bowling or whatever, yeah. Oh, I hope them farmers get that corn off. Yeah. You, Boy, you, this, have a, you know, this was during when we had that snow and that nasty weather, but uh, it looks like uh, a lot of it's coming off. Oh, man, this is going to be a fabulous week, and I know the, the Blaze Orange Troopers are super excited about it mm-hmm. as well. It gives a, gives them less area to hide, but end to finish soybeans. There's still a lot of soybeans left out there, so the warm weather to let those well, soybeans dry. and Yeah, but we've got we've got darn near 90 percent of the beans off yeah around the state i mean if you're pockets. the one with beans yeah. left it feels like an eternity yeah, so i know it does. a I couple know of it. people that do but oh awesome awesome harvesting weather coming all right you no, you don't have to wear orange this week but if you're going to combine next week you better wear orange in the combine yeah i i don't uh, i do some deer hunting if we're all done but yep. i don't uh i don't take it as religious as as Jill or some of the other ones do. That's right. It's uh, it's coming up. Holy Week in Wisconsin. Yes. But I'll tell you, with more of that corn coming off, a lot of that corn coming off, I would expect the the kill numbers to be up because they, you know, losing more places to die. That corn is tough to get them out of. Exactly, and they've been well fed all year, so it should be a nice harvest for everybody. Just like you and I. Well, I, I that I resented that uh, ten pounds in a five pound sack comment <laughs> early in the as I came walking in, and I know you're on your weight loss program, so you kind of got to throw stones at the rest of us. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see what kind of stones you got to throw, right. what you, what you got to throw yeah. around here in a little while. Brent Wink with us here, and again uh, looking around the area this morning: Rice Lake thirty four, Medford thirty two, thirty four in Marshfield, thirty nine in La Crosse. Green Bay at 33, Madison, Sun Prairie 37, Milwaukee is uh, 44 already, as we said, uh, we're 36, going to get to 39 today. So again, we got uh, a lot of things uh, going on around the air. We got more to talk about calendar. There are things going on besides uh, Veterans Day and the Marine Corps birthday. We'll get to, to more news and uh, tell you about the markets too, all on a Friday morning at Wax. For those who work in Acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. One news story that's been kind of on the back burner here because of what's been going on in the House, trying to get a speaker, finally getting that done, the war in Ukraine, the war in Israel and Gaza and other things going on, Republican presidential debates. In about a week, they got some work to get done, Jill, and if they don't, people are going to feel it. They will definitely feel the pinch. Hard hit will be the feeding programs like Women's Infants and Children's Program that helps feed about 7 million people currently. Without new funding, all those people lose their benefits. That's what we're talking about. If the government does not get funded by next week, I believe November 17th is the date. So Women's Infants and Children's Program will be feeling it. What else? Farmers, too. They will lose as there will be no access to government loans as about 50,000 USDA workers will be furloughed, closing the Farm Service Agency, Rural Development, and NRCS, and other agencies serving farmers. But staying on the job will be federal inspectors like those that work in our meat processing facilities. And uh, we mentioned this yesterday, but I want to mention it again because uh, this is good stuff. 
an area farm woman, has been elected to a leadership position with American Agri-Women. Kim Bremer, I think anybody who's been involved in agriculture for any length of time around our area knows Kim and her devotion to agriculture, a longtime spokesperson and advocate for the dairy industry and all of agriculture, now the first vice president of the organization American Agro-Women. And if you uh, want a good speaker that will tell you some things that you probably didn't know, get Kim in there because she really uh, has her ducks in a row, so to speak. And uh, congratulations to Kim. Well-deserved. She is uh, in a great position with American Agro-Women. All right, we got 20 minutes before 6 o'clock. we got anything coming up besides uh, Veterans Day tomorrow, Jill, as far as any weekend activities? Well, we do. The Nielsville FFA alumni is having their dine-in or drive-through pancake breakfast on Sunday, 8 a.m. to 12.30, and it'll be at the Nielsville High School Cafeteria, and they have all kinds of different pancakes to serve you. And that benefits the Nielsville FFA alumni on Sunday. So if you're hungry, head on out there. And on uh, Saturday, we've got all kinds of stuff happening. We've got from a Christmas Bazaar and Bake Sale in Holman at St. Elizabeth's Church. Tis the Season Sale on Saturday in Eau Claire. It's at the Plymouth UCC Church from 9 till 4. And Saturday, Saturday's a busy day. And St. Mary's Christmas Fair is in Colby at the Colby Lion Shelter from 10 till 2 on Saturday. And the Veterans Day Dance is in La Crosse at the Concordia Ballroom from 2 to 4.30. Back up today, Farm First Dairy Cooperative uh, has one of their member meetings as they're kicking off the season. Find out what's going on not only in the dairy industry, but the benefits of Farm First Dairy Cooperative. Where is that meeting today and when? That's at noon at the Country Air in Stratford. All right, so Farm First Dairy Cooperative members, that's the first one next week, uh, Give us a, a couple more in our area that are going to be coming up. On Wednesday, November 15th at noon, it's at the American Legion in Greenwood. That'll be another farm first. And then it's after Thanksgiving for those. But right. I would like to mention that there's donkey basketball at the Whitehall High School next Wednesday, November 15th at 7 o'clock. And that's sponsored by the Whitehall FFA. All right. So lots of good things going on around our area. Jill and I won't be able to make an ass out of ourselves down there because <laughs> we'll be in Kansas City. We've got our farm broadcasters convention next week, so uh, we'll be leaving for that. So lots of things going on in the area. Probably the most important, of course, is that harvest. Be careful and let's do it safely. We'll check some markets. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we're sneaking up on 16 minutes before 6 o'clock. It's 36 degrees out there, and we need to head to Equity Altoona and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers $1.50 to $1.75. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers $1.50 to $1.70. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.55 to $1.62. Choice Holstein steers $1.45 to $1.54. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers. For dollar forty four and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from dollar to a dollar seventeen. We had top of a dollar nineteen. Sixty percent of the cows sold from seventy one to ninety nine. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from seventy and down. 
Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.10 to $1.35. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.09 and down. Call bulls sold from $90 to $1.15. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $250 to $405 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $250 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $350 to $635 per head. Just a quick reminder, our next special feeder sale is this Friday, November 10th, starting at noon. This sale will feature red-hided beef cattle. We will, however, be accepting all breeds and classes of feeder cattle at this sale. We are expecting 350 to 450 head for the sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the El Tuna Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in El Tuna. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, well, let's get over to Equity Stratford on a Friday morning. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. What do you think of uh, 6062? That'll uh, help the woodpile. Yeah, it will. Sounds pretty good. But, you know, yesterday I was uh, sitting here. I was watching the wind blowing, 30, 35-mile-an-hour wind gusts blowing the leaves across. Now, have you got your house strategically placed so that the leaves all just kind of go over to the neighbors so you don't have to worry about doing anything with them or well it depends on which direction the wind's blowing (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't blowing the right direction so maybe i don't know if i can get at them today or tomorrow but i got a lot to get back out and dump on the cornfield but uh that's going to be my mission before uh before too long well wrap up the week for us jerry how'd we have how'd we go over at stratford this week I'll tell the folks about it, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford. Uh, markets, for the most part, on a pretty much of a steady course this week. Uh, on the cow market, conventional cows, high-yielding, fleshy Holstein and beef cows, uh, they were selling from ninety-eight to a dollar seventeen. We had some very fancy cows on Wednesday's auction uh, sell from one seventeen up to a top one twenty-five. Of these high-yielding beef cows. Most of the cows, your average majority of your cows, are selling between 70 and 96. Thinner cows like carcass cows below 70. On the organic organic cows, uh, we sell those on Tuesday, uh, certified organic cows are selling from 138 to 147. Organic market bulls from 135 to 140. Back to the conventional cattle now, and the fed cattle trade charged grading Holstein steers this past week. We're selling mostly from 144 to 160. High-yielding choice and strictly prime Holsteins from 160 to 165. Select-grading cattle, underfinished cattle, 138 and below. On the uh, conventional-type market bulls, most of those were at 104, up to an extreme top of 120. Pretty much a steady go on the calf market. Uh, a stronger market at the beginning of the week, but uh, most of the bull calves this week weighing 90 to 130 pounds, selling from 200 to 400, up to 480 on Monday. Good quality heifer calves, mostly from 100 to 270. Good quality beef calves from 350 to 700, up to 785. That was also on Monday's auction. And looking ahead to next week uh, uh, at Equity Stratford Hill, full marketing week on tap, of course, this week. Just uh, one footnote, uh, next Tuesday, as part of the sale, we will have a uh, negative tested feeder pig uh, sale. So if you folks are looking for some feeder pigs, these will be tested, of course. Uh, they are going to be available next Tuesday here at Stratford as part of that sale. Also next Tuesday will be our next hay auction. Our next feeder cattle auction will be next Wednesday. 
So, folks, if you got cattle consigned, let us know. We'll put them on the list for you, 687-4101. And, Bob, you were mentioning you're uh, heading down to the Kansas City? Next week, yeah, heading down to Madison for the Badger game against Northwestern, coming home, packing up, and then uh, next Tuesday morning, Jill and I will head to Kansas City, so we shouldn't have much problem weather-wise getting down there. No, in the on Northwestern, I was watching, who did they play last week? can't remember. But I think they played the Iowa, 10-7. to 7. Yeah, and uh, Iowa did win, though, didn't they? Yep, Iowa won, so we'll see. The Badgers got to win. They need one more win to get in the bowl game. <laughs> it's getting kind of touch and go, so we got to see how that works. But uh, well, Bob, hopefully it'll be Saturday. Well, I'll tell you what, Bob, they got they got 16 gazillion million bowl games. I mean, you don't have to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. We'll see what happens. Hey, you have a good weekend. You guys also, and thank you much. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Let's wrap up the markets, then we'll get to Brent here on the Board of Trade down yesterday at the USDA report. Then overnight, December corn held uh, steady with a down market during the day. December this morning, 468, marched on a fraction at 482. The oats up one at 334. December wheat down one to two overnight, 579. January soybeans down two at 1341. And soybean meal for January down 220 a ton at $434. At some of our country elevators today. New crop corn and loyals at 428 with soybeans at 1257. And in Arcadia, corn's at 423 with soybeans at 1267. New crop corn in Chippewa Falls and Connersville. Corn's at 3.98 with soybeans at 12.66. On the DTN screen over at uh, Golden Plump in Arcadia, the L elevator. Corn today is 4.35. Baldwin, 4.23 on the corn, 12.52 on the beans. Durand and Fall Creek, corn's 4.23, the beans 12.42. Mondovi, corn 4.23, their beans 12.47. At Elmwood, the corn is at 4.28, the beans 12.52. Osseo, their beans are twelve fifty two. The corn four thirty eight. At Elk Mound, the corn is down to four thirteen today. The beans twelve fifty two. Sparta four nineteen on the corn twelve forty three. And the beans Ellsworth four thirteen and twelve forty two. At Boysville, the corn is four eighteen. Stanley four twenty three. The New Richmond Grain Facility four eighteen. Barrel cheese up three one sixty five. The blocks up one at one sixty four. Double A butter. Continues to tumble down sixty cents from a week ago, down nine and three quarters yesterday, two seventy a pound. November class three down three at seventeen twelve. December down nine at seventeen oh four. January down seven at seventeen fifteen. February down three at seventeen fifty one. March down eight at seventeen ninety one. Friday morning, Brent Wink is with us on our Winfield United uh, Land Lakes covering the crops program, and uh, you get. Uh, Combine's all gassed up for 900,000 acres left to go, huh? Yeah, it's going to be a nice uh, seven-day period here. Hopefully, like I say, by next Friday, our goal is to be done. A couple of our and you, workers speaking, love deer hunting. And Speaking of being done, next Friday, you'll be done yeah, for the season. Yeah, next Friday's my last show, so I'll get to have that uh, last show with Kristen as yep. you guys are down in Kansas City. Yep, we'll be done in Hungover Kansas. on Friday morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, right? one, one of us will, one, <laughs> the one with the longer hair. Not me. <laughs> As I noticed you've been growing yours out. But. Oh, boy. But, again, how many acres you figure you can cover in a day with uh, the modern combine? How big a combine do you have? We have Class 8 combines. And, you know, yeah. right now it's the lines of where you're going. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's long lines in places, so the output of the combines can be quite a bit. But trying oh, to get yeah. rid of it on the other side. But uh, you can get, you know, a combine could get 80 or 100 acres done. Okay. So. So everybody uh, will do it safely, that's yeah. for sure. So, again, 
Harvest is going to be full speed, hopefully getting the rest of the beans off and, and yeah. most of the rest of the corn. What does that I, mean as we're this close well, to I, the end? I thought I'd kind of, you know, we got good weather, and I remember my days of managing a fertilizer plant. You know, you're usually at frost coming in and bad weather coming in, and you're trying to get all the work done from uh, from a fertilizer standpoint. So I thought I'd kind of go through some some things that uh, we still maybe have some opportunities to change. When you look at soil health, the first thing we always talk about is soil pH and making sure your your soil pH is in check. That's what allows your fertilizer to kind of work better. And so we did some studies uh, just uh, working with some growers and looking at soil samples and then comparing yield by soil pH. And on corn and soybeans, we looked at the areas of the field where it was closer to 5.5 pH or the areas that was closer to 6.5 pH. For both corn and beans, I like to see, you know, 6.2 to 6.5 soil pHs. And in our corn crops, and again, this was just some pretty crude studies, but on those lower yielding areas in a corn crop, we were seeing differences of about uh, almost 10%. So some of those lower soil pHs uh, yielding 10% less. On soybeans, we saw it as high as 15%. Soybeans being a legume crop, just like alfalfa, we know that uh, soil pH is even more important. So make sure you work with your agronomist if you got to get some lime out on those fields and get that done. The last thing I wanted to leave you with is a little math on our corn. Uh, when we look at crop removal, phosphorus and potassium are our two big ones, and we're spreading DAP and potash usually in the fall. When we look at a 200-bushel corn crop, that's going to remove about 150 pounds of DAP and about uh, 80 pounds of potash. When we get up to that 270 pound, uh, bushel per acre, we're up over 200 pounds of DAP and 115 pounds of potash. The reason I point that out is if you have a field that averaged 200 bushel and we're applying fertilizer for the average, some of those high-yielding spots in the field, I guarantee you a field that averaged 200 bushel probably has areas that were 240, 250, 260. So we really want to make sure that we're getting enough crop re- or fertilizer out there for crop removal. So if there's a way to maybe variable uh, rate spread or, or some way to accommodate for that. But we are seeing really strong yields. So just make sure you work with your agronomist to kind of get those goodies replaced in the soil. And hopefully we can repeat those yields next year. All right. So, Saw your brother over at the Packer game here a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, he said that he had the opportunity to meet you. He said you wouldn't give him a – he asked for an autograph. Oh, he did not. And Don't you said, no, that. you turned him down. Don't, I'll tell you what. <laughs> i got to applaud your dad. He knows how to raise partiers. <laughs> that boy can party. Uh, I, he is probably the number one of the six wink boys. He's uh, he's probably right at the top. Yeah, he didn't know how to say, whoa, and a horse race, that boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, he was good. He was on his best behavior. Oh, well, perfect. You bet. Perfect. He trying to match you. He, well, he didn't want to ruin your reputation over there at Pambo at, well, the, at the house. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to kind of behave. That's right. All right. So next week will be your last week. Yep. Hopefully right. it'll be uh, wrapping up harvest for everybody. So I look forward to it. It's been a great season. We'll see you next spring. Not Jill, true. Bob, but, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you guys. Or maybe I'll pop in. 
this winter. Just make sure you're all behaving. Yeah, if you're ever in the area, you'll be Not sure. Not the month of January, okay. though. Bob <laughs> Bob won't be present. No, I probably won't be. But again, it's been a great season, and you and Kristen will wrap it up next week while Jill and I are in Kansas City. All righty. Have a safe harvest now the you rest bet. of this week. Thanks a lot. All right, there goes Brent Wink. I told you you could put 10 pounds in a 5-pound bag, didn't I? Hey, 36 right now. We'll get to 39, 43, and then 50s and 60s. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. You gotta like it. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.